Sportsnet 590, the fan, Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning, and Jake Ottinger scared. He's scared. He doesn't want the head-to-head matchup against the, what could be, best American goaltender in the National Hockey League. Joseph Wall cementing his place <laughs> yesterday as the Maple Leafs take care of the Dallas Stars, the 3-1 and one through the first four games of this season-long five-game road trip. Yeah, it's only further cementing his spot as the Leafs, okay, whether you want to call him number one goaltender or not, best goaltender so far this season. Yeah, I mean, if he keeps this up, he's going to be starter emeritus after after this run. It is, uh, it's, it's exactly what you want to see. It is a guy who every time, I, I don't think anybody's sitting here waiting for him to stub his toe, but we, what do we say? It's goaltending. It's, it is wishy-washy. You never know how it's going to go. I think everyone's kind of waiting for him to have the game where you go, oh, okay, time to put Samson off back in, and it just hasn't happened yet. I mean, steady, calm. Max Domi's comparing his demeanor to Carey Price. It's all of that stuff. You just, you see it in spades. It's just a guy who never seems flummoxed. And, you know, sometimes that stuff can get overstated when you're trying to read too much into it. But now that you have a little bit more of a run of play against a really, really, again, last night, a really good, really capable stars team. It just, it lets you dream and you don't need to dream because you're seeing it with your eyes. No, it's, it's a reality right now. It's, it's, it's insane. And the Leafs were down to five defensemen. So uh, fighting an uphill battle. Yep. We'll get word today, I guess, on, on Jake McCabe's status. We got kind of, we got kind of word last night that uh, somebody asked Sheldon, some pictures. Somebody asked Sheldon Keefe uh, if they, if there is reason to be concerned about his availability. And he said, yeah, I think there's reason. So (laughs) when a guy leaves after 10 seconds, of a 10 seconds and doesn't come back, (laughs) think about how long he had to have, Shook out whatever boo boo he had. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I would uh, would not be holding our breath for Jake McCabe Saturday in Nashville. I mean, is it too early in the Leafs conversation to talk about what, what's going to happen with that that sixth dis- defenseman spot? Because I mean, Simon Benoit mm-hmm. was up with this team uh, a while ago. Is no longer. He's no longer Fraser Mittens. The the extra body that they mm-hmm. have traveling around. It's so it seems like it's fairly well yeah. Fraser Minton. Um, and Simon Benoit gets called back up. I suppose, like they indicated to us, that he's the the, yep. the seventh defenseman for this team, which means that what, like Mark Giordano's getting top four minutes at forty years old? Yeah, that's the options you have available to you. I mean, look at the guys you've you've got healthy. You got Mo, you got Brody, you got Lilligren, you got Klingberg, but you can't really play those four all all together at any given time. So yeah, you are going to have to mix and match Geo. Uh, he got ran up to 18 minutes. Obviously, it was still the lowest ice time of the 5D the Leafs used last night, but uh, other than McCabe, but. Yeah, you're going to have to get a little more run from from him there. Uh, Connor Timmons seems to still be a ways away. There's yeah. been no no word of him. And honestly, you know, Connor Timmons coming in isn't going to save the day. You probably feel better about it than Simone Benoit, but they're honestly completely opposite players. Whatever it is you don't like about Connor Timmons' game, you're going to go, eh, okay, I'm all right with that from Benoit. And whatever it is you do like about Timmons' game, you're not going to find any of that from yeah. from Benoit. So I think, yeah, that's that's the most uh, likely guy. There have been a couple other bodies who got some run late in camp, but it does seem like just the fact that he was there on opening night, they had him They had him as kind of part of the team. He's been with the group for times. It, it seems like he'd be the most logical guy. Yeah, either way, um, the Maple Leafs have built up some equity here with the five wins in seven games this season. You know who hasn't like any of the Alberta teams? Like they, that, okay, that is, I, I, it's just, it's so stark. It's such a reminder that, yeah, hey, the the Leafs and the Oilers uh, feel like this very easy cross 
comparison across yeah. the two conferences mm-hmm. because of the superstars, because of the timing, because of the expectations. Yeah. And yeah, Connor McDavid's out and I guess is going to be rushing back. He's practiced in back-to-back days. He's rushing back to, to be a part of the Heritage Classic, which is so super important uh, between those two Alberta teams this weekend. Um, but the Maple Leafs don't have to rush anybody back. Nope. A- after picking up five wins and, again, three wins over the first four games of this road trip, they built up. Yeah, it's it's early in the season. You're not going to panic anyways, right? Mm-hmm. Because I, I think the Oilers still f- very much fancy themselves a, a playoff team. But it does... It's got to impact the decision-making a little bit. The Maple Leafs can be patient with things here. They, they don't have to make any rash decisions. They 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 don't have to panic as far as, you know, rushing Jake McCabe back. The 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 conversations around this team are are mostly glowing. They they have some some wiggle room here with how they've started the season. Yeah, you're right. There is no need to rush anybody back. And, you know, just to just to kind of put a bow on the Oilers discussion for for now, anyways, you know. Yeah, they ha- They don't have Connor McDavid in the lineup. We've seen what this Leafs team looks like without Austin Matthews, without John Tavares, without Mitch Marner, without William Nylander, without Morgan Riley. Go down the list. They've missed all of these guys for stretches of time, and they've dealt with it just fine. Dude, Even, the, I know the Morgan goes, Riley injury well, yesterday, last year was... Can you say yesteryear? Is that a yesteryear? thing? Yesteryear? You definitely can. It's, yeah, it, it feels like it, it's, no, it's a I, thing that is. But that you need to sense. say it like, ah, yesteryear. Yeah. You need to sound like Grandpa Simpson okay. when you say it. That's the, only, that's the only caveat. But yeah, the Morgan Riley injury yesteryear was... I mean, the Leafs played their best defensive hockey the season. Yeah, and it, that came off the back of them missing TJ Brody for a spell, and Gio missed a little bit of time. Like, Lilligram was out. There were guy they this Leafs team has dealt with injuries before and to your point about not needing to rush just being able to kind of slow play things I think that also gave them the luxury of all right let's carry Fraser Minton as the extra body let's see how this goes because they have built up such a a body of work in the Atlantic already and man like we just to, I would never normally think of standings at this time, but I wanted to see how far the Oilers had fallen off. And just Dude. will the Atlantic ever not be the best division in the NHL? How? How? Every year, every uh, year, I tell myself, ah, some of these teams are going to fall off. And don't worry, don't worry, the babies aren't here yet with the Sens and the Wings and the Saber. Uh, they're coming, and the good teams have not stopped being good. The the Bruins were like a minute forty six away from continuing their unblemished yep. start to the season, but somehow the Ducks scored two goals at the end of regulation. That was a, a no one. No one's here for uh, tuned in for hot Bruins take, but I watched a fair amount of that game, and I gotta say, for a team that had, oh. was off to a perfect start, oh, I frauds. was yeah, I was oh, not. Frauds. I was not sitting Fraud there watch. going, "Oh yeah, this is the world beating <laughs> Bruins as Trevor Zegris and the Ducks take it to." them yeah i didn't i didn't think that a little fraudy all right uh we'll talk about the the, the fraud bruins at uh, a later date uh maybe it's not frauds though they're, they're getting great goaltending they're down to five defensemen they have an all-world defenseman boy i mean you can start in a couple of different directions we're talking about players of the game and mm-hmm. it's it's morgan riley and it's william nylander yet again and of course they connect on the yeah. first goal of the hockey game um Morgan Riley, again, didn't score his first goal the season last year until almost February. <laughs> and injuries were a part of that, but it was like game but it wasn't 30, also, yeah. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Like, this is, okay, he he's not uh, always going to score 20 goals in a season, but he has done that before. Mm-hmm. So the idea that he went so long a season ago scoring his first goal of the season, then they started to come in, in bunches a little bit after that. To, to, to break through as early this season as he has and then to, to continue, continue to look the way he has 
super, super encouraging for Maple Leafs blue line, which uh, has to be said is the clear area of need when it comes to improvements at the trade deadline. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely the, um, we've we've had that area penciled in as an area for improvement, you know, since the draft, basically, when they didn't trade Mitch Marner or William Nylander for a defenseman. That was kind of the, the time we have had it, it penciled in. And, you know, I also think that's a little overstated at times. You know, the decor is an issue, but the idea of needing to be better defensive isn't always the issue with this team. Like, they have become much more uh, responsible in that regard. You know, the conversations around Riley, it does... I, I feel like he's kind of a perfect microcosm for the the Leafs are just a regular team now thing. Because in years past, Morgan Riley getting off to this start, it would be, ah, see, he's taking a leap. This is a different guy. No, Morgan Riley is, he is not a Norris level defender. I don't think anybody's going to say that. But he is right there on that secondary tier of good to great defensemen, however you want to look at it. Yeah. And this is what it looks like sometimes. When the puck is going in, an offensive defenseman is just going to feel better about his game and look better. Shocking, I, I know. So that's the thing I keep going back to is that we can just have a normal conversation about what Morgan Riley is. And it's not just that the Leafs got over the hump. He, it felt like he dragged them at times over the hump. He was so big in that series against Tampa. Such an important moment for him as much as it was for the team. So that's the thing I keep coming back to with him is you're right. He's playing really good hockey right now, but we could just talk about him as what he is. It doesn't need to be, oh, is he finally vaulting himself into that true number one discussion? No, it's baked in. Morgan Riley is what he is as a defender, but sometimes it looks like this. Yeah. He can be a top 15 NHL defenseman. Yes, agreed. I mean, he's twice been top 15 in Norris uh, voting. He was 11th in 21-22, and he was 5th in that big 20-goal, 72-point season in 2018-2019. I, you mentioned the playoff series mm-hmm. uh, or the, the playoff games and the 11 that the Leafs played a season ago and how dominant he was alongside Luke Shen. It's a shame Leafs don't get to see Luke Shen tomorrow night yeah. in Nashville. Against Gotta be Browns. honest. I'm okay. Yeah. I don't need him big brothering anybody. And then Ryan Reeves having to punch him. I didn't need to see that. Yeah, that's true. Uh, they will see Ryan O'Reilly, by yeah, the way, if he we'll, wants to punch him. That's we'll, okay. <laughs> we'll talk to Al Gill after eight 30 about, uh, yeah, Ryan O'Reilly's uh, not so veiled comments about uh, enjoying his time in Toronto, but maybe looking to not play in a Canadian market again or his hometown Market. But yeah, Ryan, or, uh, Morgan Riley coming off that, that postseason performance. You wonder if there is like a carryover mm-hmm. to, uh, effect to that. Yeah, I mean, that's the that's the exact thing you would want to see. But again, I, I don't know that there's a carryover. I think that a player like that is going to have transcendent runs. Sometimes they happen in the middle of February and it's mm. a fun story and we talk about it. Other times they happen in April and May and it becomes playoff mo like we talk about. So I just think that we know what he is as a player. When the puck goes in, it's always going to feel better for him I, or, or, and it's going to look better as well. But you mentioned the other guy there, Nylander. Yeah. My God, strong as an ox. If you would have, what I would give to go back in time to when William Nylander was holding out or well it wasn't a holdout because he didn't have a contract but we, right. we use the word holdout when he didn't have his contract he signed on the dotted line uh, December 1st and all the comments that season what I would give to just go to Mimico or Woodbridge with a video projector and show them that shift setting up the Morgan Riley goal there of Morgan or sorry William Nylander is going to go behind the net 
win a puck battle against two big Haas defensemen, slowly work his way out, make a great cut to the middle, awesome backhand feed right on the tape to Riley and say, you still hate this player? Like, that is the... We all know about the skill. There are moments he's blown by Heiskanen last night. That doesn't surprise or, quite frankly, wow anybody anymore. We know that. That is the moment, that play. And it's not the pass, but it was the work to get the puck. That That's just the difference of the player that he is now versus the guy we used to talk about. He and John Tavares now with season opening seven-game point streaks. Tavares is that picks, good? It, picks it up on the empty netter. Uh, Nylander, of course, on the first goal of the hockey game on on the, the Riley uh, goal set up, I mean, created by William Nylander. Now give him 11 points in seven games, including five goals. So he's only two back of of Austin Matthews. The five-on-five goal-scoring leader, though, for this team is William Nylander. Had more points than Austin Matthews last year. They're asked to do different things. They're different players, Brent. They are different players. But there is an argument to be made that he's been this team's best player now for all of last season and then carrying over into this season. This is a guy that... We're comparing him to who just had back-to-back hat tricks to start the season. Yep. I, and I know, again, different players. Austin Matthews is playing in all all special team yep. situations now. And, and what he does, 200 feet of ice, and the added responsibility of a minute, couple of minutes more of ice time per game. But holy cow, we're, we're, there's a legitimate discussion to be had about Austin Matthews and boy, did did uh, did Mitch Marner need the goal yesterday? Like there was there was a building narrative around Mitch Marner, but mm-hmm. like there is a building narrative of Austin Matthews and William Nylander and like the pecking order of who the best player on this. No one's questioning that Austin Matthews is the best mm-hmm. player on this team, but like the the gap between the two is shrinking. Here's what I'll say about that: If you would have told people the gap between those two was shrinking two seasons ago, three seasons ago. I think most people would have assumed that was Matthews coming back down to earth a little bit. It was last year. Like in the discussion about who was the best player last year, that is the discussion. Yes. But I think we all have seen what we've seen from Matthews this year. And part of it's the hat tricks, but okay. It's still full freight. Exactly. We know who that guy is. I, I, the fact that I am not jumping across the table to fight you and bringing this up does it is just full marks to William Nylander that he has brought himself to this level to your point Matthews is still mm-hmm. the guy de facto captain yada yada first line center eats all the hardest matchups way all of that, more for sure but in terms of just production from Nylander I think the other part of it as well and why it's a an interesting conversation to have is that Again, I think if people would have said, if you would have gone back three, four, five years ago and said, hey, there's a better version of Nylander, I think most people said, oh, okay, so the lapses just stopped. And he's a 30-goal guy, but he doesn't have these moments where he just goes brain fart and you just it looks like the controller turned off and he disengages. They would have assumed that that was all it took to kind of close the gap or make a leap. But it's been that, it's been getting rid of that element of his game along with raising what he's capable of. I mean, again, that shift last night to set up the goal. And yeah, it's easy when the puck goes in to highlight it, but he has four or five of those a night. He is strong as an ox. He wins all his battles on the puck. And it is the, it is the melding the level that he has raised his game with the getting rid of the vacation shifts for lack of a better term. That's, that's been the thing that's allowed him to make this leap. He knows where the goals are scored. It's at the net. Well, like, it's a, and that, that's the funniest thing about it, right? Is that for years, Go look at Willie's heat map. It's where he scores all his goals. Mm-hmm. He is not 
and not that Matthews is afraid of those areas, but he's not Matthews just letting it fly from anywhere. He's a greasy guy. Doesn't look like it, though. Mm-hmm. No, he's off to an incredible, incredible start. Uh, he's got now five five-on-five five points, as does John Tavares, but four five-on-five five goals, which is two more than John Tavares, two more than Austin Matthews, and now two more than Matthew Nyes, who gets the secondary assist on the, the Tyler Bertuzzi. They should have flipped him. Power play goal. It, you know what? It should be subjective scoring, although Morgan Riley. Yeah, it's a that really was a, deft point yeah. shot. That was not so Very bad. Good, yeah. But, you know, not all secondary assists are built the same. This was Holy not, cow. Yeah, this was not Rasmus Sandin sliding it over to some guy on the Caps power play who then passed it to Ovechkin. This was not that. No, no it was unbelievable. Like, one-handed dive to yeah. keep the puck in the zone and then feeding it over to Morgan Riley, who, yeah, finds this the stick of, of Tyler Bertuzzi. We're seeing Matthew Nyes now at least a couple of times a game like impact the game in a in a pretty meaningful way. And that's what this team needs. I mean, we haven't we haven't mentioned it because it hasn't bit them too much and you know, we can you know, we can quibble about how much Matthew Nyes counts as depth or a key piece on this team, but they need guys like him to score goals and make plays that matter. I mean, Morgan Riley Thank God he scored a couple times this year or all of the Leafs offense would come from all the guys you expect it to come from. I mean, Gregor scored in the first game of the season. Right. It has been few and far between the the contributions from anybody outside of the top six. And, you know, Nyes, I think we all think of if we're just going to list the top six forwards on the team. I think a lot of people have him there or right there. Mm. But you need this guy to hit. You need him to be the, the kind of secondary wave of forwards. And, you know, there's been a lot of talk of Minton, and we were talking yesterday uh, to Bukla about Cowan. Those guys are so far away. Nyes is here right now. He needs to be doing this. And it's just, it's really nice to see him find his footing because I was a little concerned about the way they were using him. You know, they were really trying to get Domi going and really trying to get Bertuzzi going, which I totally understood. But you knew Nyes worked here. And so I'm just, I'm happy to see him getting a little more of a, of a foothold here. Yeah. Nyes is the only guy outside of the top six. Again, I mean, this is in, in name only, like not an ability that has multiple goals this season. You mentioned the Gregor goal. I'd almost forgotten about that. Yeah, that was, that was fun. Yeah. (laughs) And then Morgan Riley has the only goal from a Leafs defense, but outside of that, it's, it's all top six dudes. But who are you? This this goes to roster construction. Who are you Max pointing Domi. at? Who are you pointing at and saying, "Get me a goal, Max Domi"? But That's he's it. he's not even real. Like he's he can shoot it in the net, but he's yeah. there to make Matthew Nye shoot it in the net. That's what he's there to do, right? So David Camp, he's good for his two a year against Chicago, but they already played them and he didn't even <laughs> score there. So okay, you you know he scratches across his seven eight a year. Maybe he gets up to double digits, and you're thrilled about it. Pontus Holmberg, you know, he's not going to give you any offense. Ryan Reeves, no. And Noah Gregor already got his, so we can't really <laughs> can't really ask him to do anything else for at least a month now. All right. Uh before we move on, well, I I like just I started the the leaf conversation with the Joseph Wall comment. Yes. We haven't talked enough about Joseph Wall. Very true. Okay, so um I know both of us are using the nerd stats on a daily basis to, mm-hmm. to, to represent how good I just good did Joseph it once Wall. to say he's good. Now I just know. I don't well, ever now, need a nerd I to mean, tell me. No, okay. The expected goals against yesterday, 5-on-5 five five for yeah. Joseph Wall, almost three. 2.74. You know how many he gave up? One. Yep. Uh, he was... <laughs> He was great. I mean, the Leafs did a great job in that opening 20 minutes. It's mm-hmm. five shots on goal great road against period. that they they gave up against the Stars who had that in like the first 30 seconds of the second period. Second yeah. period, it was like, like holding on by mm-hmm. your fingernails and bailed out by 
Joe a Wall. guy that's playing all world goaltending right now in in Joseph Wall. Um, Ilya Samsonov is going to get the start tomorrow night in in Nashville. It does seem mm-hmm. everybody seems yeah. uh, uh, under the impression that that is going to happen. I feel like you thought it was a little crazy for saying he should have started on Saturday yesterday. What that, I, feel, I feel like when I broached that when we were discussing this, you 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 gave me a look like, are we sure he should start on Saturday? No, it's fine. Okay. You got to get him back in the net. That's where I'm at. Yeah, you got to get him back in. Honestly, the net. I do think. Uh, Obviously, this isn't true, but in hindsight, like future Sheldon Keefe mm-hmm. sighed a little sigh of relief when the one goal, the goal went in. Oh, on yeah. So I didn't have, it's like, I can't take him out after basically back to back shutouts. Right. I can't do <laughs> right. That. It was like the David Schneider thing yeah. when he kept hitting home runs. It's like, it's like I, I, okay, I, yeah, I could, I could go over four so I could give you a day here. <laughs> so, yeah, Ilya Samsonov has a chance. I mean, what a, what a great story that would be if Samsonov looked like the Samsonov that Ooh. we saw a season ago where he was among the league leaders in high danger save percentages. Yep. Uh, if he, I mean, to have two elite level goaltenders would be spectacular. The Maple Leafs only have one right now because yep. Samsonov has not been the guy that he was a season ago. But the, the guy that they have has now, like this is, again, not out of nowhere. The sample was small last year, but when he played in both the American League, the National Hockey League, both regular season and postseason, the numbers were Spec freaking tacular. They've been even better in limited sample this season. I I mentioned it yesterday. I'm not. It has. We need a little longer for this to play out. But there is a growing possibility that the Leafs are getting more than just average to slightly above average goaltending out of that position. For sure. I I. It's so interesting to watch people talk about this because people are so of dual tracks when it comes to discussing Joe Wall. I think everyone is doing the pragmatic thing of saying, okay, it's been not that long a run. He only had half a season in the American League. The other side of their brain is running to, to, did the Leafs find their goalie all of a sudden? Yeah. That doesn't, I think, and who cares about people outside of the market, but, you know, people hear this and they go, oh, yeah, give him the Vesna. They don't need him to win the Vesna. They need him to give them 910 for 800K. That's what they need from this guy. Like, th- that is the part that allows me to dream, to believe about mm-hmm. this, is that this Leafs team does not need him to be no, a world beater. But that's not what I'm even talking about because, yeah, you're right. They don't. And, and yeah, getting what they got out of Ilya Samsonov, although that was pretty close to, like, Vesna caliber goal was times, when he sure. was in the net. Like, that's, that's all they needed, and that's all that... That was the goal going into the the signing of Matt Murray and Ilya Samsonov. Like one of these guys, you feel pretty good about the idea, considering the 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 way that team plays mm-hmm. in their own and defensively and controlling the puck. That you, you're going to be okay as long as they're they're not total sieves. And that worked out swimmingly, <laughs> even though fifty percent of it uh, was a total write off. And uh, he, even though he backed up in the playoffs last year, but don't talk about that. He, yeah. Anyways, um, so they they yeah, you're right. Like. League average goaltending, good enough for this team. But he's better than that. I mean, numbers-wise, like you said, you don't need him to be a vest, and no one's saying he's a vet. I don't know. I get, it's so early, right? Yeah. But, like, as the games progress, as we get deeper into his pro career, I guess that is what I'm talking about. Like, what is the percentage chance that Joseph Wall, a guy that was not a seventh-round pick, yeah. it's a third-round pick, was U.S. development Team yeah, teammates totally. with Jake Ottinger. He played opposite him in NCAA hockey. They're good pals, and it's been a while marinating at the American League like level. Like the possibility exists that we're watching 
an elite level goaltender emerge here. Like that's not out of the realm of possibility. No, not not remotely. And the it's funny the 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 light bulb moment I kind of had as you were talking about that is that everything that and again. He's not going to win the Vesna. Okay, let me just preface this by saying that this Joseph year. Joseph Wall? Yeah, he's not going to win the Vesna. I'm not this saying year. that. Okay, I am. Why, why would you say that? Be, well, one, because you need this is like Kale McCarr not winning the Norris for three years until he was the best defenseman. Like, he was the best defenseman in the league. And then we had to have a year where we go, you know who's really good? Kale McCarr. And yeah. then he gets the but Norris. But sometimes the numbers are undeniable. Well, here's, here's what I was going to say is that. Everything that goes against Sheldon Keefe ever winning the Jack Adams, it's like, ah, this team, we know what they are. What's he doing? Opening the doors, overstating it, obviously. But there's some element to that that he will just never win it. The public perception of this Leafs team, rightly or not, is, ah, whirling dervish, firebrand hockey. If he comes in and is the steadying force for a team that has been a revolving door of goaltenders going back to, I mean, I guess Freddie Anderson had a somewhat lengthy run, but what was that, two and a half years? It's like, mm. it's been a revolving door going back to Cujo and Belfort and, and all those guys. If he can provide just some semblance of, stability it is going to seem like it's it, or it's going to be perceived in a in a better way than than maybe you would think that, well, that that's what kind of jumped out to me there yeah or you know if he finishes the season with like a 920 save percentage yeah. that's like well what what are you going to do like i i do feel like and i understand it like nobody it's, you mentioned it the, the outside perception of 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 toronto yeah. is a hockey market and the way people talk about this hockey team yep. and the players on this team. Like, I do think that's a bit of a misnomer that For it's like, sure. oh, plan the parade and, yeah. and Leaf fans are all, you know, they're, they're bigging up their own players. I do think there's, a, it's actually more For, the opposite. We are so scared. That's it. So scared. Because you know what? Let, thought experiment. Mm-hmm. Joseph Wall is not the goaltender for the Toronto Maple Leafs through. And I, I don't want to live in this world. So sorry, everybody, but we have to do this. He's not the goaltender for the Toronto Maple Leafs. The Edmonton Oilers do not have the goaltending they have right now. They just have third-round pick named Jack Smith, who is doing this exact thing. Mm-hmm. How would we talk about it? Well, this is it. We so- wouldn't be going. We wouldn't be going to. Ah, maybe he could win the Vesna. We wouldn't be going there, but we would definitely be going with. Uh, they've certainly found something here. This this could certainly change the trajectory of this team if he's a guy. That's what we would be saying if we just remove the Leafs of it all. Yeah, just don't be. Scared? Ashamed. Don't be scared. Don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed to dream on what Joseph Wall is. Now, don't also say, well, they found it. Like, this is it. But now we're talking about an 11-game sample over the last two seasons in the National Hockey League during the regular season added to the sample that we got in the postseason, which was Mm -hmm. well above average when it comes to save percentage. The last two years in the regular season for Joseph Wall – He's had a save percentage of 942, which is like that, that, that's, that, that's not going to sustain itself, but that is like, that's the level that we're talking about here. You know, okay. So that's, that's 11 games. What do we expect him to start? Like maybe 40. So like, that's a a, a quarter of, yeah. of, of a season's workload for Joseph wall last season in 21 games with the Marlies 927 save percentage. Like how much that's that is a pretty large sample. It's it's funny and you know obviously this is an easy guy to point to cuz he just won the cup but you know goaltending statistics they're a little subjective depending on the team you play for but 
You go look at Aiden Hill's numbers, you know, lifetime 9-11 save in the NHL. Now, that's in 100 games. It's obviously a longer sample size, but you mentioned the number he had with the Marlies there. Hill, you know, 9-18 was the highest save percentage ever got to in the, the American League there. So, yeah, it's like, and now the Golden Knights are a great team, a winning machine, very differently built than the Leafs. All fair questions to have, but clearly that guy was good enough to do it for them. There's no reason Wall is going to be the thing that holds this team back. I think at the very, very least, we're all kind of getting comfortable to say that. Yeah, I, it, it seems like it would be pretty shocking to see the the floor fall out uh, underneath the Toronto Maple Leafs goaltenders, a couple of them. And if you got two really good ones... So much the better. Uh, the story of the day yesterday mm-hmm. in the National Hockey League, maybe across all pro sports, honestly, because yep. of the length of the, sus- of the suspension, which Shane Pinto, who is without a contract, is a restricted free agent for the Ottawa Senators, uh, not getting any closer to a new contract because he was slapped to the 41-game suspension, the longest in NHL history, for violating the NHL's gambling policy. Now, Details are few and far between on this thing. Um, maybe we should play the the clip from uh, Elliot Friedman from Sportsnet Central yesterday, giving us some indication of as to what exactly Pinto did to to warrant the suspension. What I think happened here is that this intensified over the past couple of weeks. I think something was brought to the league's attention over the summer, but was intensified over the past two weeks. And what I think it surrounds is that Pinto had a legal wagering account, but he was involved in giving access to it to a friend or someone and that's called proxy betting which is not allowed a lot of the betting companies don't allow that also uh, you know there's I don't think it's a huge legal thing generally individual bettors don't get in trouble for it but when you have a local account and Pinto is from New York and the company can see you're playing a game in Ottawa or something like that, they know that something fishy is going on. So I think that's kind of where it started. Um, We don't know the full story yet, but I think the fact that the Players Association here agreed to a harsh 41-game suspension, it says to me that whatever was found, nobody liked it. And they wanted to send a message, and I think you'll see over the next few days the NHL players between the league and the Players Association do a lot of education on what happened here, what to avoid, and I think the things you're going to see is don't let anyone have access to a legal account you have and make sure whatever you're doing is not in any way against the law. The NHL not divulging details of exactly what we're talking about. and there's We should bet on what he did. We should have a little gentleman's wager. <laughs> I, I think I know where I'd put my money. Despite the <laughs> fact that the NHL didn't divulge the details, they said that they found no evidence he wagered on NHL games. Okay, which is curious, considering the length of the suspension and considering that the suspension was not just handed down and then like a pushback from... This was negotiated between... Yes. Shane Pinto's agent, the NHLPA, and the National Hockey League. Do you think for a moment that Shane Pinto's saying, you know what, I know this is going to, well, one, cost me millions of dollars Mm -hmm. just factually and not being on the ice for half a season. Secondarily, 
millions more than that because of my negotiating power evaporating. Yeah. Yeah. It's, for, it's, for anybody who is living under a rock, he's an RFA right now who doesn't have a deal for the upcoming season, effectively in the Nylander position from all those many moons ago. Now, apparently there's going to be an exception made to, for him so that if he it's, does sign beyond the defense, the, the December 1st deadline that he won't be, uh, he, he'll be able to play this season. So I, just to clarify, I'm sure people say, oh, why should he get an exception made? It's actually, it's not technically an exception being made for him. It's what his contract falls uh, under, under the CBA. So I heard the same thing and going, gee, what a nice thing for the league to do for him. But it's actually, he, because a games play, a games play provision, it's different. So either way, yes. it's going to cost him many millions of dollars, not just in the games that he's going to miss this season. Mm-hmm. But again, negotiating power. For like, sure. do you don't think the, the senators are like, yeah, sorry, I'm Shane. Like, squeeze you now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Plus, maybe you need the money. Yeah, but secondarily, again, this is a negotiated settlement of 41 yeah. games, the longest suspension in NHL history. Do you think Shane Pinto's like, yeah, you know what? I, I let a buddy wager on, on games with my legal account from out of state, and, and that's worth missing half the season. We need more details on this mm-hmm. because I know the NHL saying he didn't wager on NHL games. How am I left with anything other than he must have – there must be some something that is, that rises to the level of missing half a season due to suspension. The only thing that comes to mind is that there is some, whether it's direct mm-hmm. w- wagering on games or futures or something. There has to be something hockey related here because I'm telling you, half a game or half a season, 41 games is not for having a proxy no. bet made for you. No, and uh, you know that was that was Friedman last night uh, with, with Faisal on on Sportsnet. The now Friedman and Merrick they did an emergency thirty two thoughts pod earlier in the day. Friedman was throwing out some other scenarios. You know, cl- being very careful to mention not saying that this would happen with Pinto, but I'm forgetting on who the NFL player was. But there was a Titans player who got suspended six games, so that's not quite forty one. But in NFL parlance, it's you know it's thirty or something along those lines. In in quick math, there for gambling not on football but at a team facility so effectively going on his phone pulling up the app he got six games negotiated down to four for that now again that's not 41 games it's more along the lines of 20 the other thing that i can't wrap my head around why why wouldn't you come clean if that was the case bingo if you were shane pinto because you know the league as much as they want it to be seen as bringing down the hammer on this they also want this story to go away yesterday they want us all to stop talking about this immediately so i i wonder if a little part of it was hey pinto part of the settlement is you're going to eat this and that's why but if i'm shane pinto i am leaking it yesterday what actually happened I, unless it was betting on hockey i i i, I have no choice but to fill in the gaps, because that makes no sense to have 41 games. And even if it's what you're saying, like the, yeah, the, the, yeah, the, the comparable, uh, yeah, uh, okay. It's something that's not too bad, but according to the letter of the law, you got to come down hard on it. Like who's not looking at that explanation saying, okay, that's, yeah. these guys got to be smarter than that. But Shane Pinto, you know, you, we're going to welcome you back yes. with open arms when you return this, I, I don't know what to make of like that. I, I need some clarity. I, and I know part of this and, and part of like Shane Pinto apparently being uh, more open to uh, signing a contract with the Ottawa yeah. Senators apparently is because of how well they've uh, done, the Senators organization mm-hmm. has, in keeping this in-house and not letting this leak. 
But I'm telling you, if we don't get any more details, the, my mind is running wild with this story. Yeah, how 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 can it not, honestly? And, you know, I know we're talking about the gambling part of it and everything, but in a world where what does everything mean about the Leafs, this is another, you know, it doesn't seem like it right now. This is another incredible, fortuitous moment for the Ottawa Senators. If Shane Pinto is anything close to, you know, what they expect him to be, and it's funny, we, we've talked about Joe Wall, and, the, you know, he has more pedigree than you think. He's a third-round pick. Shane yeah. Pinto is a second-round pick. You know how we feel about Matthew Nyes? Mm-hmm. Probably not all that dissimilar to how they feel about Shane Pinto in, in Ottawa there in terms of the way he's viewed, the importance to that team. And... You know, there was some belief last night that maybe he had to take the qualifying offer. That's not the case, but he has no leverage to negotiate now. If they're able to use this to get a some type of really team-friendly bridge deal, maybe it's a longer term. He wants to take his money before who knows what happens. It's another incredible, fortuitous thing for the Senators who have had guys take team-friendly deals and sign before they've hit. Like, this is a... It, I don't want to live in this world because if the Sens ever win a Stanley Cup, it's too soon for me. But should they ever win a cup, there's not a zero or there's a non-zero percent chance that this is a very important fork in the road moment of it with Shane Pinto taking some pretty team-friendly deal. I know the league, the player, and the team all want this to go away. I understand the motivations behind that. You know what's going to look horrible is if the great reporters that we have that cover the National mm-hmm. Hockey League uncover what exactly happened and it's something to do with betting on hockey, and you look like you covered it up. Bingo. You, you got you to give us some clarity here because that's where the mind goes when you're accepting, willingly accepting a 41-game suspension. We need clarity here, and if we don't get it, and it comes out that mm-hmm. he bet on hockey, even if it's through a proxy, even if it's not like directly on game, even if it's yep. you know, a futures bet or whatever it is or part of a hockey pool, mm-hmm. That is going to look so bad on both the player, the league, and the team that you you got to come clean today. Well, and the right other now. the other part of it as well is that you know the league wants to be seen, rightfully so, as coming down very hard on this. I I don't know who they can please with this because every person, even the most casual of sports fan, when they think of sports betting, they think of Pete Rose not being allowed in baseball's Hall of Fame, and he's the hit king. Mm-hmm. So in the grand scheme of things, what is Shane Pinto missing half a season? Like, that's the other part of this is that you're going to bring down the hammer and it's negotiated, but... Is it, and you know, I don't want to, I don't want to understate what a 41 game suspension is. But when I think of gambling Mm -hmm. on sports, Mm -hmm. I think of one of the greatest players in the sports history being persona non grata, not being able to come back in January. Mm -hmm. That's the other part that it's like, I don't know how much those things should be connected in my mind, but I can't not go there. Somebody needs to tell us what exactly went down here. And I personally would like it to be Shane Pinto. Yeah. Personally. Yeah. Yeah. Shane should want to. Yes. All right, when we come back, Nick Nurse, uh, 0-1 in his Philadelphia 76ers career. But it was damn close without James Harden uh, against Giannis and Dame. Dame looked like uh, you would expect Dame to look. Uh, We'll talk (laughs) about that and more next as the Fan Morning Show continues. Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Fresh views on everything in the National Football League. It's the Fan Checkdown with Matt Marchese and Donovan Bennett. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fan 
Jones, Sports at 590, the fan, Ben Ennis, Brett Gunning. Dane Cook's perfectly shattered tour coming to Casino Rama Resort November 10th. We are giving away tickets all week long. To enter, all you have to do is tune into episodes of the Fan Morning Show, listen for the code word, then you text the code word to 590-590. Today's code word is special. Let me tell you, no, it's actually special. Special is the code word. <laughs> text special to 590-590 right now to enter for your chance to win. If you don't win with us, secure yours at Ticketmaster.com. C-A. So, uh, no James Harden yesterday for the Philadelphia 76ers, but, like, the, the way that went down is a little interesting. He missed, it's amazing. like, 10 days during training camp, but, you know, he wants to get paid naturally. For sure. So he shows up at the airport at the team plane on its way to Milwaukee, and he's given the Heisman. It's amazing. Chris Haynes <laughs> had the report before the game last night of... Again, this is just so, so good of the team officials had intimated to, to James Harden, su- suggested yeah. that maybe it was for the best if he not attend. And as James Harden or Kyrie Irving or, you know, again, they, they are dueling for the head case of the year award in the NBA. Uh, but as he is wont to do, said, no, I think I'm going to show up to the team plane. Right. And then, then they didn't let him get on. It is it is truly an incredible story every time i think this thing has gotten so ridiculous Mm -hmm. like i didn't think it was going to get more ridiculous than bottles in a nightclub with fire dale morey or daryl morey is a liar on Mm -hmm. the sign i didn't think it was going to get more ridiculous than that oh here we are oh yeah no that and this isn't the end point either like this is and again you understand it from the the sixers perspective because while he james harden has so much money he should have just chartered his own jet to race them there (laughs) in theory james harden an invested james harden which i i don't think you're sure you're getting helps you win a basketball game but i think the more likely scenario is that it's a scene Mm -hmm. when james harden is there on a nationally televised game against a championship contender that the story very quickly is there's James Harden sitting on the bench and not playing, or there's mm-hmm. James Harden in the game, and how much is he invested in playing in the game? Yeah, if you're Daryl Morey in the Sixers, you don't want him anywhere near this team right now, despite the fact that you're not pulling the trigger on a, on a trade now and maybe not in any time in the, in the immediate future because the report from Adrian Wojnarowski a couple of days ago is that the Clippers are pulling back on trade discussions yep. with the Sixers who it appears, well, it, it appears that they're like the one real suitor for James Harden. And clearly James Harden wants to go to one place and that's Los Angeles with the Clippers. But yeah, there's not a bunch of teams lining up at the door for, for Philadelphia. So I, it's, it's really interesting to think about where this thing progresses, but it, it does seem like there was a decision made that, we're just going to pay him. We're not going to deal with the, hey, he has to speak after games. He's being asked mm-hmm. by our media partners to 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 do interviews pre and post game. And God forbid he ends up in a basketball game and people wonder about his motivations when he's in it. Yeah, the other thing about this as well, and, you know, people have talked a lot about this, that he couldn't just not report. If he didn't report, that was going to affect his free agency for next year. And obviously that is something he doesn't want to do. But the thing I keep coming back to with this with, with Harden is – 
you know, I understand why this is happening. He's frustrated. He more, more importantly than that, he wants the one more big contract. He wants the big bag one more time, which, yeah. you know, who can begrudge him? You know, it's, he's so hard done by, he's made a kajillion dollars in his career, but you, you feel you deserve money. You want to go get it. I just cannot believe he is so willing to continue to blow up his legacy. Like but this. this is his legacy. Well, here's the thing, though. But if, and th- obviously this is, this is a player who is just not capable of this, or I shouldn't say a player because as a player he's capable of it, but a person who is just not capable of this. If he just flipped a switch, good soldier, goes to a goes to a great team, is a key cog, finally wins his title, plays in a finals again for the first time since he was in OKC. Imagine how we talk about this player because recency bias always rules the day. We would talk about him seeing the light and, oh, he's he's in his mid-30s. He finally understands. He finally gets it. It is remarkable to me that he is so willing to, and again, I guess the argument is, well, what's his legacy before this? But to just set fire to any talk of him as a player because when when his career is all said and done, yeah, there will be people who go, oh, come on, you got to give him his due as a player, but this is all we're ever going to talk about with him. Yeah, he's going to go into the Hall of Fame. Like, he's just an undeniable yeah. talent. It's um, NBA Hall of Fame. A lot but, of people but, get in. <laughs> but to your point about the big contract, um, yesterday was the TNT doubleheader, so naturally we had Charles Barkley at halftime uh, talking about the potential of James Harden signing another big contract. Didn't show up for work for 10 days. You just can't take time <laughs> off because you're unhappy. You, would not get, you ain't getting traded. This is the third year in a row he's demanded out. Yeah. You could, you think some team's going to give him a long-term deal? Hell no. I mean, that's the way I, I view it. Love that, man. <laughs> I mean, I, uh, Kyrie also, found Sam himself. Man, if you could just take that hell no, I think that might hell be useful no. down the line. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Kyrie got a, it, he got to stay in Dallas and, and got the bag. We've seen this. He, Someone will convince themselves. Yes, exactly. Charles Barkley is right. Okay, let's just preface the conversation with that. That is the right way to view things. He needs to have a good week and a half to mm-hmm. convince somebody. And they go, oh, this is it. There's always, there is always, and I realize he is that one right now, but there's always a disgruntled superstar in the NBA. There is always some team that had big expectations for a season, and it's not going the way they want. And a player of James Harden's caliber, who, again, I want to be clear, I'm not signing up for that experience, but he is going to be able to turn it on, have a good two weeks, behave himself for a month, whatever it is, and convince some team. That is why... Uh, that's why this is playing out this way. Because, And I do still expect it to. I think at some point in time, he's going to have his month on a basketball court and it's going to go well. And that is going to lead to him getting paid by somebody. I really do think that. Yeah. I mean, there's always... There's... He's 34. He's old too. That's the other part of this as well. Yeah. We're all getting old. James Harden's 34 now. Well, uh... <laughs> I don't like that. Yeah. Um, at 34 years old, he'd probably be paying, playing a ton of minutes under Nick Nurse as well. Tyrese Maxey with 40 minutes yesterday. <laughs> Joel Embiid with 36. Uh, Tobias Harris, 37. Um, and the, the Sixers have a, a valiant attempt to knock off the Milwaukee Bucks in their home debut with Dame Lillard. But Dame looks full value. Dame time. For, for what the Bucks intended. 39 points on, on 20 shots. 17 to 17 from the free throw line. 4 to 12 from 3. But yeah, it's, it's that Bucks team looks like a a fully committed 
killing machine in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I mean, they had the best player in the conference, and, you know, I'm not I, I'm not going to pretend I've put a ton of stock into thinking exactly where Dame ranks in the pecking order, but mm-hmm. it's not below five or six like when you <laughs> when you look at the, the what he is as a player. So, yeah, it's not shocking to me that a team that we have seen that guy in Giannis drag a team, not, and I don't want to, you know, begrudge Brooke Lopez or Drew Holiday, but that was the Giannis show. And, yeah, you see what it looks like with Dame. I'm really curious to see how they are used to playing off one another. I, you know, I heard 17 free throws. You mentioned the 17 free throws for Dame. That's the most a Giannis teammate has ever attempted. So the idea of the idea of him being fine with that. Yeah. They won a big game against 76ers. I bet he is, but what happens when that last shot doesn't drop by Dame or they lose or whatever it is, is he going to be as happy for a guy who's been so clear and not that he's still not atop the packing order there, but it's just different playing with a guy like Dame who has a ball in his hand all the time. I'm old enough to remember when the talk surrounding the Lakers was that LeBron James was going to be limited in his minutes. Oh, you were, you were alive yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) plays 35 minutes including all 12 minutes of the fourth quarter uh to to give the lakers a 195 win over a phoenix suns team with kevin durant and that's about it uh because no devin booker um no bradley beal um who are out with injuries but yeah this it's pretty hilarious that you come out with that story at a laker land Mm -hmm. and then a day later you're blowing that up because LeBron said, I want to play. Well, that's the thing. Who, who did you ask about LeBron's minute restriction? Cause it could be the head coach. It could be the owner, but if it wasn't LeBron himself, uh, that doesn't carry any weight at all. That's uh, you know, like superstars in this league are allowed to check themselves in. He certainly is allowed to do that. Mm-hmm. He basically has handpicked the roster. He handpicked the coach. It's his show out there. So yeah, it's hilarious that there was talk about that this is going to be the most interesting thing to me to watch about. And it's been the most interesting about kind of late stage LeBron is how does he, cause you know, like we, I know Jordan's the killer guy. Uh, this will shock you. LeBron James wants to win every basketball game. He plays in as well. And how will he balance the, all right, I just got to get this one. This is the Suns. They think they're so great. KD's out here. I got to go get we this one. We don't have a win yet. We don't have a win yet versus all right, it's the middle of January. Yeah. Maybe not tonight. Yeah, nationally televised game. Um, but yeah, he plays the entire fourth quarter at a million years old. All right, when we come back, uh, they they change the narrative the Lakers do after losing game one to the defending champs. The Bills, for at least a game, change the narrative a little bit, although little the, bit. the Bucks covered as we anticipated. And boy, I know they didn't get a hand on that Hail Mary at the end of the game, but that was mm-hmm. pretty damn close. But a win is a win. We'll talk about that and uh, look ahead to week eight of the NFL season with Charles Davis, the NFL on CBS and NFL Network. Next is the Fan Morning Show continues. Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, The Fan.